Welcome to another episode of Synoptis Lightning Round, where we ask six rapid-fire questions with some of the sharpest business minds talking about accelerating business value through technology, IT business alignment, and IT leadership development. Now, here's Cameron and David. I'm Cameron Ames, CTO of Synoptis, and I'm here with Dave Reddick, CEO. Dave, how you doing today? I'm doing great, Cameron. Thanks for asking. Um, this, uh, I'm really excited this week. You and I are going to be uh, partnering with the Indiana Economic Development Council, Ivy Tech Community College, and the Madison Area Chamber of Commerce to do a small business presentation called Transform Your Business. Um, it's uh, uh, about resources that are available to small businesses to help them transform in the midst of the coronavirus. I know you're going to be talking after me, and and uh, what's what's the uh, message that you're going to bring to small businesses uh, this Tuesday? Yeah, I'm really excited about this. So one of the things that I really am hoping that comes across to small businesses is that um, you know there's there's a certain power and accessibility within CRM that really hasn't existed in uh, previous decades or previous generations of technology. And there are a lot of touch points that they're missing because they're not leveraging those tools. So I hope that that comes across and it, it provides another outlet to connect with customers, especially in the midst of, of current events right now. David, I know that you're speaking before me. Uh, what about you? So uh, a lot of our customers are larger customers. We, we tend to um, uh, draw some large businesses, but one of the things that's really cool is being able to reach, uh, talk to small businesses and say, uh, because this technology is available and because uh, we're making ourselves available, here are resources that uh, give you a competitive advantage. And if you adopt these, uh, this knowledge and this resource and this type of thinking, uh, you could have a leg up in the midst of this environment. This doesn't have to be a negative. This can be an opportunity to transform your business and really think about what's my business process and how can I uh, transform my business so that when things return to normal, um, I'm, I'm one step ahead of, uh, ahead of my competition. So today we're talking to um, Phil Moulton. Phil is going to be speaking to us on leadership development today, and let's jump into the video. Today I'm talking to Phil Moulton, who is Director of Risk Management at Colfax. How are you doing today, Phil? I'm doing really well, Dave. How are you? I'm doing great. Ready for some rapid fire questions about accelerating business value? I'm ready. Go. So give us a minute. Uh, tell us about yourself and your company. Absolutely. So uh, Phil Moulton, Director of Risk Management for Colfax. I'm based in Wilmington, Delaware. I've had over 25 years of experience in auditing, consulting, risk management across many industries. Uh, my company, Colfax, is a global technology company. And uh, with two brands, uh, first brand is DJO, which does orthopedic uh, products and services, and ESUB, uh, which provides fabrication technology products and services. Great. And so we're talking about uh, the leadership development. Can you tell us how leadership development and training accelerates business value for your company? Oh, absolutely. I think leadership training and, and development helps uh, leverage the skills and talents of a team as opposed to a collection of individuals. And, you know, when I think of leaders, I think of, I try and look for people that can 
uh, take one plus one equals three as opposed to two, or even worse, one and a half. Um, yeah, good leaders not just bring out the best in individual people, but are able to foster a culture that gets people wanting to, to work together and to do their best, whether they're supervised or unsupervised. And I think in a business context, that's really important because, you know, from my experience, particularly during my consulting days, no matter what industry you're speaking of, it's just so highly competitive out there. Uh, whenever one company makes a lot of money in one segment of the market, you can be sure that competitors will jump in the next year and come and that they will want to eat your lunch. Um, that's the way business works these days. And you know, the key is to get folks to use their talents, their imaginations, skills to you know, get the company ahead, stay ahead. And obviously creating sustainable competitive advantage is much easier said than done. But there's many instances where companies where they invest in good leadership development and good leaders uh, have been able to stay ahead of the curve. Now, I think um, the other part to that is really important that uh, I believe that leaders are uh, made, not just born. And if you look at all of the research and the experience that we've had over centuries, millennia, we've seen that everyone has the capacity to improve their leadership skills. So, uh, and from a more personal perspective, you know, we're all works in progress. So, you know, leadership development is, is a great personal opportunity I think people should invest in as well. I love what you said there. I love the uh, idea that leaders are, are, that you're busting the myth that leaders are born and uh, that leaders can be trained and, and raised up and also that Absolutely. great leaders add a level of synergy there for the team performance. So you get that one plus one is three. I think that's great. Absolutely. Um, what do you think the biggest challenge is with leadership training and development? I think it's a very contemporary one. Um, and I'll be curious as to, you know, what other speakers say, but I think it is uh, showing a tangible return on investment. And I think for any business executive out there, they're always challenged. And it's not just uh, tra you know, leadership training and development. It's also marketing. You know, do I you know, invest in this project or this program? How do I show a return on investment? How do I justify corporate resources, not just money, but attention and time uh, towards training for business leaders? And I guess also in line with that, how will this training and uh, leadership and development help me achieve my uh, objectives. And, you know, these are sort of two major hurdles that I see many contemporary organizations have to deal with in determining whether leadership training and development programs are for them. I 100% agree. And I think a lot of businesses are in the same, uh, same boat. So. And particularly now, it's, it's, it's a tough time out there. I agree. So can you tell us a real world example of a positive outcome you've seen from leadership training and development in Colfax or, or in another environment? I just reflect on my career uh, more broadly and, you know, from where I came to where I am. And as folks may guess, I'm not from the US, I'm from Australia. And I started my career in you know, a very remote part of Australia called Cairns. And right from the get-go, I had opportunities both within the firm I was working in at the time, as well as every other, almost every other company I've worked in, to uh, be mentored, be coached at a one-on-one -on -one level, uh, also through formalized training in groups, through conversations, sometimes very difficult conversations I've had with people and with supervisors through the years. 
And here I am today, you know, working in the US, uh, far away from uh, where I started. And I would not have got here, gotten here without, in the role that I serve, which is a, quite a responsible role, um, without having the benefit of, you know, that leadership training and development over many years. Um, and I've had the privilege of, of leading teams uh, on small projects, uh, three, four, five people, up to being a business unit head um, in Singapore, a country not my own, uh, with you know, 35 people. So it's been, it's been quite an amazing journey. Uh, and yeah, I would not have been able to achieve that without investing my own time uh, in leadership training, but also benefiting from the development and training I've, I've gotten from uh, you know, my, uh, the, the companies and organizations I've worked with. I feel exactly the same way. It's, it's, uh, my career wouldn't be where it was at without the, without leadership coaching, mentoring, and, and, uh, formal training. So if someone, if, if someone who's watching this or listening to this said, I am really thinking about, uh, a, a leadership training, um, initiative, mm -hmm. either for themselves personally or, or in their organization, um, what's one piece of advice you would give them uh, that would get them started in the right direction? I think um, there are two pieces to the same puzzle on this. Is firstly, be very clear on what you want to achieve. Have a very solid, even written plan. And sometimes writing is important to really clarify our thinking and to really target that training to those, uh, to those needs. What are you trying to achieve at the end of the day? Um, training should really be based on where individuals are at in their development. In addition to where is the organization going? How does this fit within the overall organizational strategy? And this, is, this ties back to what I was talking about before with return on investment. And I think the second interlinked part of that is build a shared understanding of what does good leadership look like within your organization? And I think it's very helpful to, to build out a model of leadership specific to your organization. What kind of attributes would leaders uh, are expected to have, etc. cetera. Um, I've attended very large group sessions in leadership training that have provided cookie cutter solutions and exercises. And I think I came away from that very jazzed up, but you know, a couple of weeks later, you're, you're back to your old habits. You don't really see the personal change. On the other hand, where I've had one-on-one -on -one coaching and mentoring, I found that has been far more effective for me personally. And I think um, most organizations would get the benefit of that. Um, on, on the large group sessions, I think there are benefits to those, particularly if you're uh, outlining a, you know, a framework or the program to, to, to generate buzz and energy and enthusiasm around uh, the leadership training as a, as a kickoff. Um, but to, to I, I think that the best benefit, best bang for buck, I think is that one-on-one -on -one coaching and mentoring uh, in leadership. I completely agree with you. I, I, I couldn't have said it better. So the last question should be easy. It's a minute and um, uh, take, take some time and plug anything you want. Uh, plug your business, plug a favorite book you're reading right now, plug a charity, um, shout out to your family or friends, anything you can imagine, anything you want to talk about. Go. I think two books, two books come to mind. Um, and I'm just, uh, I know you gave me wide range um, there, but uh, two books come to mind. And um, if I you know, just look at my table here, so one book I'm 
reading right now. I don't know if you can see it properly. Uh, Leadership Agility. This is a fantastic book by uh, Joyner and Josephs. And I think if you're serious about leadership development, either for your organization or personally, it's a, it's a fantastic framework and model. You can build your own leadership uh, plan on that. That's the first one. And um, David, you, you may know the author to this one, but I, I really like this one. <laughs> I'm not going to I'm not going to uh, say the title, uh, but uh, it is a, a very nice, uh, practical, um, easy read, and it really does capture a lot of you know, good, solid leadership lessons and stories. So I really enjoyed work, uh, you know, working through this. Well, I didn't work through it. I, I read it, so it was it was a good read. I um, I feel like I owe you uh, owe you twenty dollars for the. You plug. weren't expecting that, were you, David? No, I was not. Um, thank you, thank you so. <laughs> So very much for those kind words. Um, uh, I, I respect your opinion greatly, and and so for you to say that means means a great deal to me, Phil. Um, in all sincerity. So I'm going to close the interview by thanking Phil Moulton for his time. If you want to learn more about Colfax, we'll have a link to it at the at the bottom of the video here. Thank you, Phil, for that video. There were a lot of good insights in there, Dave. What you think? So I. Uh, oh, well, I mean, obviously he plugged a really great book, probably <laughs> one of the best leadership books available on the market. And I don't know, whoever wrote that, I, I mean, uh, genius. Um, <laughs> but uh, uh, one of the things that uh, Phil mentioned was the synergy that comes from good leadership. And I, I've always believed this, right? Uh, the one plus one um, equals uh, three is uh, how Phil posed it. Uh, it reminded me of one of my favorite books, which is um, Multiplier, uh, and it's by Liz Wiseman. Um, Liz talks about how leaders, uh, uh, you know, you get more, uh, the one of the leader plus the one of the staff equals three. And so um, I thought that was an insightful observation by Phil. How about you, Cameron? Yeah, so I thought there were a lot of good things that we could spend a lot of time unpacking, but for the sake of time here, I think that from an individual contributor's perspective, oftentimes a leader seems almost superhuman in many ways when they're really good and they think, how, how is this possible? What, they don't understand what's going on necessarily. A good leader does well. I think that Phil's point about leadership being a, a characteristic and a skill that is developed over time rather than some ingrained trait within someone I think that's really insightful and it's really important for people to keep in mind that, you know, if, if you have a good leader, they weren't born that way. They didn't start that way. They, they got that way over time. And conversely, if there's things in leadership that you are wanting to change, that can happen. That is something that needs to happen over time and people can grow and develop uh, and sharpen those skills. So I thought that was particularly, particularly insightful. Yeah, I want to just add one more quick comment uh, that uh, the, what you pointed out aligns really well with how I approach leadership development in Synoptis. I don't, I don't believe in the one and done leadership training, and we don't do one and done, where someone comes in and does a bunch of rah-rah leadership speak. Um, it's really about leadership as a habit and working with leaders over an extended period of time um, to ingrain those habits of leadership. Uh, providing them with a level of accountability and uh, um, to to produce the outcomes that that uh, 
uh, Phil was talking about generating ROI on leadership training. Um, I, I think leadership training has to go that way. We can no longer address, do little rah-rahs and, and hope that people get better. So. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, thanks again to Phil for talking with Synopto.